Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, this is John Dorsey. How you doing, buddy boy? Don't be scared. What's better than this? Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Tuesday edition of the show. It's our weekly segment, Takes on Takes, where we take the takes that you gave us throughout the week on Twitter, hashtag Takes on Takes, and we respond to your takes. We've got some fun ones this week. We've even got a non-football take. To get into, and I don't think it's one that Kyle and I have discussed yet, so I'll be very anxious to get Kyle's take on ketchup here shortly. But before we do, Kyle, welcome to the show here on this Tuesday. Yeah, we're going to have to get caught up on ketchup. We've had a lot of drives, you know, like a lot of long car rides together. We've got into a lot of topics, but I don't think we've had the ketchup discussion. No, we've talked about sodas a lot. We've talked about Southern breakfast hospitality restaurants. Um, but we have not talked about condiments, so that should be an interesting conversation. Uh, Joe, did you happen to catch the NFL's Dak Prescott highlight on their Twitter account? I didn't. I didn't. I'm surprised. I had something else pegged for you to say here at this lead, and I'm surprised you went with a different one. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'll keep it brief. So the tag was... Dak Prescott arm talent level and then the 100 emoji and it followed up with just check out his highlights from Sunday night football and Joe I s you not all but two of the throws were within nine yards of the line of scrimmage and he had he grossly underthrew one of the deep balls that was on the highlight and uh, it was probably the most boring. They included two tight end screens and a shovel pass on Dak Prescott's Sunday night football highlight reel. Not and used the phrase arm talent to reference his abilities. Do we, you know why, right? You know why they did this. America's team? America's team, team, Kyle. Everything is different. That's nonsense. It comes to the Cowboys. The Cleveland Browns are now America's team. They should be. Um, They are. Hard knocks. America's quarterback. (laughs) Baker. Lovable losers. Baker Mayfield is America's quarterback. After all draft season long, we couldn't – people couldn't stop telling us he's the next Johnny Manziel. Uh, Yeah. He's small. He got in trouble with the cops. Somebody would have written an article about debunking the many Gee whiz, yeah. Somebody should have done that. I think that's verbatim the title of the article that I wrote. Good call, Joe. Good call. So you had something for no, me. No, I what thought you, you were going to talk about Gary and Conley and John Gruden's latest blunder with his comments. <laughs> Benji Gary and Conley, the number one pick from last year. I, I just cannot believe you didn't take that opportunity to, to you know, uh, throw some shade over John Gruden, so I'm, I'm surprised. But, they, I mean, the Cowboys oh, you know, is a good, good follow. Good corners are co- hard yeah. to come by. 
just like a good pass rusher, man. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hey, they're tough. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to dog on Raiders fans too much because, like, I don't mind the Raiders. I've had a lot of relatively good experiences with Raiders fans through social media, with the exception of the guy that wanted to know what I was smoking when I gave the Raiders an offensive tackle with their first-round pick in my February mock draft. What what position did the Raiders end up taking in the first round, Joe? Colton Miller. <laughs> That's right. It was an offensive tackle. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure. Um, but no, this is silly. You know, you said at best, uh, you said this in a private chain that we had. You were like, dude, like, it feels like if he didn't pick you, he don't want you. And that's, like, get out of your own way a little bit. You have talented football players on this roster. There's talented football players on every roster. But just because they're not the ones that you had pegged doesn't mean you can automatically just marginalize those guys on your roster. It's crazy to me, Joe. But, Joe, you know what's not crazy? I got a message for our listeners. And, guys, I want to talk about sex for a second. Good sex. What if I told you that you can increase your performance and get that little extra confidence in bed. Interested? I'm sure some of you are. Listen up. BlueChew.com. It's blue like the color. BlueChew.com. Brings you the first chewable supplement with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work. You can take it at any time, day or night. Even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners as part of the Locked On Network. Visit BlueChew.com. And get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code and just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, promo code locked on, and pay just $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, promo code locked on, to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast, and all of our podcasts on the Locked On Network. We're going to be right back after this brief pause and get into some of the takes on takes that you guys have provided us throughout the course of the week. All right, Kyle, it's that time to get into my favorite segment of the week where we respond to the people's takes. And we've got some good stuff today. And we're going to get started with something that I hope we can finish because David Bowen, Great friend of the podcast, one of our uh, most loyal supporters. He put this one out there for us, Kyle, and it reads, After yesterday's Miami, excuse me, after yesterday, Miami goes in the tank and finishes with a worse record than Buffalo. Buffalo's two and three, Miami's three and two. So, Kyle, what do you have to say here to Mr. Bowling? I hope it happens. You know, let's let's stop pretending that this isn't there's not a problem 
with this football team. So, uh, Joe, you want four wins this year? Halfway there, man. Do you want two more? Yeah, the Bills have the quarterback that they're going to roll with, whether I like it or not. So I think that winning is the best thing right. they can do. Yeah, so get a couple more wins. I don't want this team to lose, to win another football game, first and foremost, primarily because there's an inverse relationship between my fantasy team and the Dolphins. So every single week the Dolphins have won, my fantasy team has lost. Well, lo and behold, every single time the Dolphins have lost, my fantasy team has won. So I want to see, I want to put this to the test. So let's say, hey, Dolphins, you know what? We're washed. You know, Ryan Tannehill, uh, he is what he is. It's year seven. We know who he is at this point. And he gave that football game away. And he's not effective handling pressure. And he's not capable of maneuvering the pocket. And he's over-aggressive and makes stupid decisions on third down and one. We can just run the ball and convert for a first down. And instead, he's got to throw it 35 yards downfield. But he's not accurate enough to place it accurately. So he underthrows Kenny Stills by about 15 yards. And he's looking for a pass interference penalty instead of, again, either hitting the guy in the flat or running for the first down and keeping the chains moving and playing smart football. Check that play at the line of scrimmage. In case you can't tell, i got a lot to say about Ryan Tannehill. It's the same mistakes. It's the same limitations, the same issues. Uh, I said this on Twitter the other day. The Dan Marino hangover is over. Like, good or adequate is not good enough anymore. And that's what the appeal with Ryan Tannehill was for the first five years that he, he was here was, oh, wow, this guy doesn't completely suck at playing quarterback. But he's not good at playing quarterback. And we're far enough out... He's been with this team long enough that this expectation for this franchise should not be we don't want a complete liability under center because that's what they're operating with. So lose. Be done with it. Get him out of here. Now, whether that's 2019, 2020, the long-term commitment should not be here anymore. He's 30-plus years old. He's owed $26 million next year. They're on the hook for 13 unless they can trade him, and let's be done with it. So I hope the Bills do finish with a better record than the Dolphins. I just hope the Bills don't win more than five games and the Bills finish with a better record than the Dolphins. But, Joe, as we said, I'm now a lifelong Rams fan, so I don't know why David thinks that I would care about any of this. Well, you know, we're we're a revolving door right now. It's There's a lot of good football being played. None of it's in South Florida, so I don't know who who has my heart. I don't know yet. Scientists don't even know. The Bills having more wins than the Dolphins. Interesting proposition. So much with the Dolphins, Kyle, and as it pertains to what happens next for them, um, there's so much uncertainty because we've talked at length about next year not being the year to get the quarterback position right. And if you move on from Tannehill, do you move on from Gates? And is this a full front office overhaul? And, you know, just so many things at play uh, that make me concerned about the rebuild because I don't think the Dolphins are that far off, right? Like I don't think everything needs to change. I just think they need to get a quarterback in there that can you can win games because he's your quarterback. And I don't think that's going to be Ryan Tannehill, but I don't also have any solutions for you next offseason. And so th- there's a dynamic that exists in Miami that is difficult for me right now to navigate through. I mean, the, the logical solution is Ryan Tannehill is probably going to be under roster for – two more years, through 2019. Maybe you take a second, third-round guy in 2019. But if your team sucks again, and even if your team doesn't suck again, 
go the Philadelphia Eagles route, identify your guy, give up whatever you, and I mean whatever you have to give up to get there. Because once that Tannehill money comes off the books, you know, and it's open season, there is a pretty strong young core in place for this Miami Dolphins team. It's just a matter of that transition has to be done right. Do I trust them to do it right? Absolutely not. They haven't done anything right in, unless it's picking guys that have fallen out of the top 10 to them in Laramie Tunsil and Minka Fitzpatrick in the last five years. We have a take from Andrew Lindbergh, Joe. I think you'll have fun with this one. Andrew says, quote, my friend totally threw him under the bus. And Andrew not only threw him under the bus with this tweet with the take, he had about five tweets afterwards in which he subsequently also threw his friend under the bus, compared Jake Browning to Andy Dalton. I know it's crazy. Joe, your reaction to a Jake Browning-Andy Dalton comp? Oh, I read this and... As soon as I read it, laughed well, your ass off. What I I'm gonna I think it's a bad comp because I think we're talking about a pretty good NFL starting quarterback against a guy that I don't think has an NFL future. So comparison's very bad. But I wanted to take this opportunity to talk about Andy Dalton because I think he's the most hated quarterback in the NFL, and he does not deserve to be. He's in his eighth season as the Bengals' starting quarterback. Okay. So he's had seven full seasons, and five of those seasons, he's taken the Bengals to the playoffs. Two times they've won the AFC North, okay? Andy Dalton is not the worst quarterback in football. He's a top 20 quarterback in the NFL. And not everybody gets to have Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, or Tom Brady. It just is not the case. And Andy Dalton is a quarterback that you can win with, and sometimes you can win because of. When he's in rhythm, he's an excellent quarterback. And I think that. What's overlooked with the Bengals and some of some of their underachieving, I think, over the years has been more lack of situational management on Marvin Lewis's behalf than it has been Andy Dalton's limitations. They've had success with, with Andy Dalton. They've been in an AFC that has been dominated by Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Ben Roethlisberger for friggin' two decades. And, you know, quit crapping on Andy Dalton. He's a perfectly fine NFL starting quarterback. And I don't know if the Jake Browning comparison was to cast shade on Andy Dalton or to say that Jake Browning is something that he isn't. But in either case, I think it's terrible. What is your best case comp for Jake Browning? Uh, Jeff Toole. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's a little, a little rich, to be honest with you. Maybe... Um... Maybe like Jake Rudock. I think Rudock's a better prospect than Jake Browning. Right, Probably. So. <laughs> trying to think of a guy that was like peaked at third string, was on a practice squad for a year. Jeff Tool. That was it. Jeff Tool. <laughs> there you go. Good call, Jeff. All right. Let's go to the next one here unless you have any follow-ups there. No, 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 no. I don't want to talk about Jake Browning on this podcast anymore. I have to. Uh, From Quentin Lash, the worst members of football Twitter are the guys who reply holding on every offensive line clip. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. Uh, As far as the worst members and worst offenders of football Twitter, 
I don't know. There's a lot of it's a lot of different subdivisions of football Twitter, right? Um, the ones who who get under my skin are the ones that just seem to you know, be contrarian for the sake of being contrarian. They just want to argue with you. And I had this example uh, yesterday with somebody telling me that, quote, Deshaun Watson sucks. <laughs> and I said, no. And that's all I said. And then his response was, uh, his record is five and six as a starter. He sucks. I said, oh, Deshaun sucks because he's lost six football games in which his defense has allowed an average of 37 points per game in those six losses. Gotcha. That makes perfect sense. And he says, well, the Texans play a spread offense. So they go three and out and the defense spends too much time on the field. And I said, well, actually, I'm glad you pointed that out because for all of 2017 and all of 2018 so far, the Texans average a greater time of possession in the game than their opponents do. And the Texans average drive time is only four seconds shorter than the league average. So please try again. And lo and behold, this gentleman did not try again because he think he, I think he realized I was not having it. And that that's we just have to pick and choose our battles. Joe, what is your worst offender of football Twitter? Uh, I think it's probably I, – I, I tend to agree with the take here. Um, not ex- specifically that, but like when I, when I share a, a film clip and there's always somebody that has to try to find the one thing – to try to take away from the entire point of the video clip. And, and, I mean, right. Come on. Like, don't be that. That guy is the one that I don't like. Um, so that's the one I'm going with Kyle. Uh, before we continue, I do want to let everyone know about one of our sponsors today. My bookie, you know, Kyle, we get a lot of questions and ask for a lot of advice. And it's usually about on who to bet this week. And the truth is we do not know who's going to win, but if you think you do, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I'm always going to tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, they are your best bet this season. They've been in the business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. You can lay down some cash and win big today. I'd only recommend a service to my listeners. It's been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in game, live betting the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON when creating your account to claim the bonus. You win. You play. You get paid. We'll be right back after this to talk about some more of your takes. All right, Jill. We got a take from Bo. B-E-A-U. Bo. Great name, by the way. 
Washington, after being disrespected by the TDN Top 25 all year, will assert their dominance against Oregon, proving themselves to be the class of the Pac-12 and jump an astounding three spots to number 14 in the poll. And Joe, before you fire off any takes here, I need to know how in the hell Washington is rated 17th in our board. my fault. I discriminate against Washington every week, and I'm here to defend it. Listen, that's a 17th. Do you have them ranked at all? <laughs> yes, I have them ranked. I have them ranked where they right because I, ha- I have them yeah. at seven. You're alone on this, Kyle. I'll pull up the poll right now so that you can get an idea please here. Please do. And let's throw people under the bus here because, Bo, you got to be fair to me, man. I have you them do. at seven. I have them 18. I'm not going to throw anyone else's names out, but they're between 13 and unranked for the rest I of the I can't staff. work with these people. Are you kidding me? I will tell you who has them unranked because everyone has them ranked except for Brad Kelly. Uh, can I can I have this? Can I talk about why I think Washington deserves to no. be at 18? You're going to need to before I hang up on okay, this Okay, so show. Washington has a loss to Auburn, who I think, well, when it's all said and done, have four or five losses this season. They skated by against UCLA, who cannot beat anybody. Arizona State was a close win. And you look at this upcoming schedule at Oregon, Colorado, at California, versus Stanford. They have Oregon State. That's an easy win. And at Washington State. I predict at least two more losses for Washington. I think they deserve to be in the back half of this uh, top 25. Now, can I get a timeout? Well, I have one more thing to say. It's Go important ahead. to say. If, but I'm feeling uh, right I'm going to give you all the time in the world to respond to this. And just like I treat everybody, you can play yourself back into it. Go prove me wrong. Go beat Oregon. Go beat Colorado. Go beat Cal. Go beat Stanford. Go win the Pac-12 championship with your only loss being week one to Auburn, and they'll be not disrespected and they'll be in the playoffs. But I'm not a believer in these Huskies. Joe, how can you possibly rank Washington at 18 based on forecasting them forward when you're pulling teams out of the poll in week one that you had ranked in the top 15 because you're not going to forecast them forward? Because I believe in 17 other teams. That makes no sense. There's 17 better teams, in my opinion, than Washington right now that deserve to be ranked above. Where did did Washington start the year for you? Four. Uh, Nope, they started seven. Seven. So what changed? Well, first they lost to Auburn and fell from 7 to 13. And then they played close games okay, with so Arizona dro- State and UCLA. You dropped Washington from 7 to 14 when you dropped Michigan completely out of the top 25 for losing a road game by 7 points. I respected points. Auburn more at the beginning of the season than I do right now. It's not as good of a loss as it seemed to be. So you're overcorrecting by dragging Washington down. As they continue to win football games, this this just does not make sense to me. You're gonna you're gonna be perplexed over my rankings for the rest of time. I have a feeling. Yeah, I know. Because you you use the thought process and I say, okay, like that's just the way he operates. And then we get to Washington, and you have Washington in 18 with one loss coming across the country to play a neutral site game that's technically not really a neutral site game because they played Auburn in Atlanta. And they lost by five points, and they've won every other football game since. 
and they're a talented team, and you're going to say, oh, yeah, I'm forecasting them forward. They're going to have three more losses. Well, I'm telling you why they deserve to be there. They deserve to be there now and in the future. I hope that they can hold serve. If they lose two or three more games, which I think they will, then then they'll probably be between 18 and 25. Well, with the way the season's going. But this man says they're disrespected and they're going to run away with the Pac-12. If they do that, then I'll be shocked. Okay, well. Since I can't seem to beat you in any of the other bets we got going on right now, maybe I'll beat you All on right. this one. Okay. Actually, that's not true. Sammy Watkins is let's looking put, Let's good. go on the record here. What, what? How do you want to go here with Washington? What's their final record? Regular season, first 12 games. Okay, so they're 6-1, They're 5-1. Oregon. They're halfway there. Oregon, Colorado, Cal, Stanford, Washington State, Oregon State are the games remaining. So regular season, <clears throat> they lose two more games. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we'll set the over and over under at one and a half losses the rest of the way. I'll take the under. You take. I'm the saying over. that they finish with three or more losses total for the season. Yes, I'm saying they'll they'll finish ten and two or better in the regular season. So this is that doesn't extend to any in the regular season does not extend to okay postseason. All right. So two more losses for Washington. I win one or less. You win. All right, we're on yes. the record. Hit. All right, there we go. We'll find out, Kyle. Let's move on here to oh, here we go. Here we go to the, our, our ketchup take here. This comes from Walker. He says ketchup is a terrible condiment. It's far too sweet. Uh, I, the only thing I use ketchup for is my eggs, and I use it sparingly on my eggs. Um, ketchup. I know some people use ketchup on like scrapple and stuff. And that, to me, you're just ruining the product. Please don't do that. If you've never tried it, don't. Just forget I said anything and move on with your life. Um, yeah, like ketchup really does it. Like I don't put it on burgers. I don't put it on hot dogs. I don't even really eat hot dogs. Uh, so ketchup to me is fairly useless as a condiment, but mayonnaise is worse. Oh, God, we are seeing speaking the same language here. Mayonnaise is terrible. They can't even have it in the house. Okay, horrible, horrible thing. There you go. Um, I'm with ketchup, you. Ketchup also very, very overrated. I'll say this about ketchup. I only put it on one thing, and that is, you know, like the tater tots or French fries. So that that is it. Not not all right. Like if it's if it's a super fluffy potatoy type French fry, like a waffle fry from Chick Fil A or like a crinkle cut, we're gonna dip those babies in ketchup. Otherwise, I don't need them. If it's kind of a more crispy fry or a tater tot, don't need any ketchup on that. Definitely not putting that on a burger or a hot dog or any other thing, sandwich of any sort. Um, so ketchup exists for me for fluffy potato fries or tater. You know, that's it. That's it. That's the only use I have for ketchup. So we're on the same page here. I'm glad we're speaking the yeah. same language here. This yeah. is good. It's, it's good to be on the same page here. Joe, take from respected madman, is Kenny Galladay a top 15 NFL wide receiver? My answer to that is no. Can he be? Yes, but we are far too quick to appoint people. We're talking about a guy who's caught 90 passes, or excuse me, 55 passes so far in his career. I'm, I'm 90, 90 targets. targets. Um, there you go. And so, look, it's great to see players pop with production. And, and Galladay's had some big games this year. Uh, you know, the Jets game, the 49ers game, the Packers game. I mean, really, he's been productive every week. Okay. I get that. But what we need to see is him sustain his production. How he's winning. Can teams 
figure out how to take him away and him still produce. That's what we need to learn. So does Galladay have an exciting physical skill set? Does he have some really exciting production so far early this season? Yes. But before we start crowning players as top 15 in the league, we need to let them earn that and have some standards here. So uh, I am I am saying this is false for now, but I like where he's headed. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, let's not let's not crown anybody prematurely, as you said, Joe. Um, to be generally considered top fifteen, unless you blow the doors off it, like you got to do it for probably like two years, right? And have that sustained success to be in that that air, you know. Right now, like all this young offensive talent that we're seeing across the league, like. They're promising. They're highly promising. But the established track record is an important piece of that. Final take. Yeah, this one comes to you. This one's going to you, right? Um, and so uh, real quick, before I read this last take here, uh, where's our West Virginia take, people? What's going on here? Oh, Jeez. yeah. Should we just come up with one on the spot or um, what? No, no. Like, this is – the people have to supply the ammunition here. So – Remember to hashtag us, takes on takes. You don't have to wait and do it. As soon as you think of something that you say, hey, I need to get Kyle and Joe's take on that, get it on the Twitter machine, okay? Because there's a major letdown not having a West Virginia take today. Uh, Preferably, we could get like a show just filled with West Virginia takes, and that's it. People outside of Morgantown to listen to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, here, this comes from Josh Morgan. This is a meaty one, Kyle. The Colts should draft quarterback Justin Herbert and trade Andrew Luck to push their rebuild timetable back and not waste Luck's prime. It gives themselves more ammo to build their team. Um, boy, uh, Luck is 29 years old. He'll be 30 next year. I don't know, man. Like, if you get luck healthy through the full season, I would have a hard time justifying pushing luck away that quickly. You know what I mean? Like, if if luck gets hurt again and it's the shoulder issue again, yeah, we're going to have a problem here. And if the team sucks and they're picking that high and luck hurts his shoulder again, probably best thing you can do is have another good quarterback and protect yourself and extend your window. Imagine going from... Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck to another top choice at quarterback. It'd be pretty impressive. But at the same time, he's pretty good when he's healthy. And he's starting to show that he's starting to come back around a little bit. So that's probably a little too aggressive of a take for me. But I don't mind the thought process. And there are certain conditions in which I could get behind it, Joe. Yeah, I'm not on board with this at all, Kyle. I think some of these rebuilds in the NFL, I think they do take two or three seasons, and that's where we're at. We're at what is this? This is we're entering year three with Chris Ballard. So, um, you know, I'm, we're not talking about this. Shouldn't take that much longer, right? I mean, so um, I don't think that you you trade away a known commodity in Andrew Luck for the potential of Justin Herbert. When I think Andrew Luck, if he wants it, can play seven or eight more seasons. I mean, look at Phillip Rivers. I, I just see no reason to think that Andrew Luck's not going to play until his late thirties. There you have it. 
Joe. We'd like to applaud everybody who provided us takes on today's show. Uh, if you were one of the lucky few, thank you. If you did not, shame on you. Get after us. Give us your takes. Joe's on Twitter at the Joe Marino. I'm on Twitter at Grinding the Tape. We would love to include you in next Tuesday's show. So hashtag takes on takes us with your take, and we will dig into them next Tuesday. The rest of the way this week, we got some good stuff coming up. We got Scout versus Scout, maybe big boards, uh, the TDN Super Show coming up on Friday. So make sure you hit the subscribe button, follow along with us. And uh, we're going to have some great content for you the rest of the way. Joe put out a mock draft at the Draft Network on Monday. So do us a favor, uh, go read it, and then at the Joe Marino and tell him how much you hate his pick for your team. It's one of our favorite pastimes is getting yelled at. Absolute favorite pastime. Uh, Kyle Krabs with Joe Marino. Thanks so much for listening to Draft Dudes Podcast. We'll be back again with you guys tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.